I used to sit in the preschool in tears. All the man really has to do on the day of birth is find a good parking spot. <laughs> dad, Dad, catch this. Boom, I've done a poo. Stop stabbing your sister. From the news desk to the nursery. Mum! This is the Parent Panel with Siobhan Hunt. Today, our guests are Sarah Hunstead, founding director of CPR Kids, and Aaron Harvey, cook and author of A House Husband's Guide, Our Meal, Their Meal. Sarah has two daughters and Aaron has one. Welcome to you both. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much for having us. <laughs> Can I ask, uh, I've forgotten now, um, Will, I know Aaron, your daughter is three and a half and your girls are a bit older now, aren't they? They are. I've got an eight-year-old and I keep on saying nine-year-old, but she turned 10 a couple of weeks ago. Oh my goodness. I know. Double digits. <laughs> <laughs> How has the week been for both of you, parenting-wise? Well... It's been interesting this week. I've had one who's been having some friendship troubles and it's she's come up with ways herself, including uh, to try and rectify, including a war peacekeeping mission. Mm, that sounds impressive Indeed. and kind of a bit full on. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm not sure how much, uh, how much politics goes on in the eight-year-old playground, but apparently they worked it out, so... Good oh, on. fabulous. Maybe she's destined for a future in the UN. Quite possibly. I like how we just draw the big bow. You know, small thing, <laughs> yeah, yeah. she's going to be in the UN. Well, yeah, of course she is. <laughs> how have you been with your little one? Well, um, my daughter's three and a half, so nothing quite complex uh, as that. Um, uh, we had a, an interesting week in this sense that uh, they did some kind of, not standardised testing, but some kind of, you know, where is your child at kind of testing at uh, daycare. And so I, I personally went through... A kind of, um, you know, am I going to be a competitive parent or am I going to let my parent (laughs) develop it on their own steam kind of uh, existential crisis, so to speak? So that was that was my week in parenting. And um, where did you get to? I'm curious. um, I got to the point where I decided that I wasn't going to live my dreams through my child and I was going to let my child develop at the rate she wanted to and encourage her and, um, yeah, kind of celebrate it. Because I'm not quite sure I'm there yet. (laughs) I haven't done anything about it. It took a couple of drinks and a long (laughs) conversation with my wife, but after several of those drinks, I kind of formed a theory that I'm sticking with, for the moment at least. I love that. It is hard though, isn't it? It Especially if you excelled in one area and then your child is struggling in that area. Hmm. You've just that is the first time you go, oh, maybe I am a competitive parent if I want her to do well in that or him. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, let's talk about the topics today uh, because you are both here to share your wisdom and experience on these topics. <laughs> so everyone this week's been talking about Serena, Serena Williams and her on-court range. We're going to be um, continuing that conversation about whether women are allowed to be angry in public. And I'm curious to know whether our guests have either been or witnessed an angry woman before where it was justified. Also, should young girls have the right to sit down during the national anthem And white lies, what have you told your children to make life easier? But today we're starting with the topic of bad TV Mm -hmm. and YouTube shows that your kids love. I am so sorry that you had to hear that. That but was it wonderful. Is, <laughs> it's, it's, it's illustrative oh, yes. of my son's uh, latest obsession, which is YouTube hero Stephen Scherer. I haven't done enough research to work out 
if his last name is actually Sherer or if this is something he has coined. So uh, my son Arlo will walk around singing the song. There's a special hand signal that goes with this um, tribe of children and he wants to watch the videos every minute he can. In fact, it was the only way I managed to get dressed this morning is that I put it on for him and his sister. So for the uninitiated, it's a group of very enthusiastic American young folk. Aren't they always enthusiastic? (laughs) That's true. It is what I generally like about Americans, but when they've got that handheld camera thing going on and everything is really exciting, we're going to do this, that's what it's like. Uh, Kind of bordering on insanity. Insanity. And they are playing with toys. These really stunt, they do stunts and silly pranks and it melts my brain. It absolutely melts my brain. So what is the most annoying thing your child watches on TV or the internet? And what is it about the show that drives you crazy, Sarah? Does it does it get less annoying as children age? Well, I think the good thing for us is that uh, my daughters aren't obsessed with YouTube very much. They're obsessed with some TV shows. What are uh, they? Oh, so there's, um, oh gosh, I don't know, there's equal, e- EMC Squared. It's about these Ooh, that girls. Oh, that's good. Educational. It's, it's about these girls who are scientists and they're awesome, but they're, it's just, it's really kind of stupid stereotypey, but anyway, that that's a whole other kindling conversation thing okay. that we can have there. Get up to that yeah, yeah. But, um, next topic. <laughs> but with the YouTube, uh, there is this one show called um, Rosanna Pancino, and she has got a bazillion followers as well. She has one awesome part of her show where she actually cooks. She makes cakes and decorates them. It's called Nerdy Nummies. Mm. And so I love that. The girls get all inspired. They want to make stuff. It's like those, you know, they want it to look like like hers, but it ends up looking like those Pinterest fail memes that you see on there. Yes. But that's okay. They love it. But she's got this other part of her show where she gets a board game or something like that with some other kind of celebrity and they play it until the game is finished over and over again. (laughs) Riveting. And then rate it. Mm. And my children are glued to this. I'm like, dudes, what are you doing to your neurons? (laughs) Can't we actually maybe not watch the games how about we actually play them instead yeah, yeah. so is so. that they're, they're reviewing the games is that what they they're are doing? they're reviewing them yeah but one's like you know you feed a dog and it poops out its butt and you know that kind of stuff oh yes yeah. okay i well, like that uh, that level humor it's uh, <laughs> that appeals it works for to me. you yep, I'll, I'll get the name of that show when we're done <laughs> watch that for myself so what about um your little one because three and a half they're not really on the internet yet right well or? look she's not on the internet but uh I am guilty of handing over a iPad and saying, hey, watch this. Um, we all are. You know, uh, I think before I had her, I was like, you know, I'm not going to be one of those parents that does that. But then, you know, realism yeah, comes into it. Um, she watches something. Uh, I, I believe that the lyrics are mummy finger, mummy finger, where are you? Um, and it's repeated <laughs> over with daddy finger and... And there's a whole oh, variant of this song. thing. And it's it's kind of like uh, water torture in the sense that it's now wormed its way into my brain and so I'll sing it in the shower or <laughs> when I'm waiting for a meeting talking to someone, I'll sing this Mummy Finger song. And You don't uh, sing it to your wife, though, do you? I do. I sing it all around the house, everywhere. <laughs> and I feel like I've kind of maybe lost my mind. Um, my, my daughter watches that and she watches this... Uh, insane show kind of like your children of a woman who unwraps presents and she has this shrill midwestern american kind of way too big kind of accent 
and when she gets to that point and, you know, it's in the background for a while and then it comes to the foreground, I'm like, okay, you've had too much and it's time to do something else because that is going to make you lose IQ points very, very quickly. <laughs> All right. Well, um, those are both very annoying. I'm, I'm glad that you could contribute to my pain. Yeah. Well, not really contribute, but make me feel better. Yeah. Solidarity and suffering. Commiserate. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. I'm Siobhan Hunt. You're listening to the Parent Panel on Kindling Conversation, where we invite two parents to the studio to get their thoughts on the stories and events of the week. Today, I'm joined by Sarah Hunstead, who's the founding director of CPR Kids, and Aaron Harvey, cook and author of A House Husband's Guide, Our Meal, Their Meal. Next is the criticism about Serena Williams' sexist. You've probably heard about Serena Williams accusing a US Open umpire of sexism during her finals match last week. The debate surrounding Serena Williams' outburst at the US Open has people divided. Was she treated differently to her to the male tennis players who display similar anger on the court? Are women shrewish if they display righteous anger? Billie Jean King, former world champion and founder of the Women's Tennis Association, says that she was treated differently. Of course, others disagree. Aaron, do you think she was treated fairly or unfairly? Um... It's um, thanks, for coming, yeah, that's yeah, thanks right. for coming to me first. On that you're one. welcome. Um, look, it's a difficult situation because, of course, you're applying uh, your opinion to uh, someone else's actions. And, you know, you're always going to get confused. Um, if you ask me the question, is uh, there sexism in sport? Do women face sexism every single day? Is there inequality with wages, with how women are treated? Absolutely. And is it wrong? It makes me ashamed to be a man, um, to think that my wife and mother who both have their own businesses, have gone out there and trailblazed themselves and get judged like that. Makes me very sad to think that my daughter grows up in a world where that can happen. Again, mortified. However, we're talking about a, a sporting event where someone has broken a rule. It might be archaic. Uh, it, the rule should be changed, perhaps. They, you know, it clearly states they can't be coaching from the box. Was she cheating? Well, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? I mean, you know, she, she might not have meant to look at the, her coach or anything like that. It could have just been a slip of, you know, it's a high-pressure situation. Um, what, what concerns me about this is that it's twofold. One, I think it's great that we're having a conversation because any time that we're talking about sexism, any time that we're talking about what women have to face on a daily basis, I think is really important. Mm. But we've got to be careful not to diminish how important that situation is and diminish the conversation that we're having. Um, we should be looking at, at, at this as a very, very big topic and not something that's so subjective because it can pull down this very, very important thing that needs to change and change radically in our society. So I'm on the fence about a lot of part of it, but in essence, I think it's great that at least we're talking about sexism, not only in sport, but I hope it goes to a lot further. And I hope that sweeping changes come and come soon because where we are in this society right now is wrong and it shouldn't be happening. Sarah, what do you think? Uh, this is a completely multifaceted incident. And certainly I feel, I feel quite uh, sorry for her opponent as such, because we're not talking about her win. We're talking about what happened with Serena. And, you know... She was so sweet, though. She was. And just how she said in the um, post uh, 
match press conference, she was saying, started to say how when she was fine playing and then when she went to hug Serena, she just lost it. Mm. She couldn't say it. She was so overwhelmed because she was her hero. So she was such a big moment for her. Yeah, that's right, which I, I do think has been diminished because of everything that's happened. And I do wonder what happens if we actually took sex out of this? What happens if we took male and female out of this and actually looked at what are the inconsistencies of these, you know, are perhaps archaic rules that are being applied? You know, if we actually looked at this particular umpire, does he make this judgment for everyone or just with men and women? Do You know, I don't know the answer to that. Is it... Uh, inconsistency across umpires. I read an article by Peter Fitzsimons actually last night and what he actually said in there was once again it's there's no right or wrong to this. It's about how can we make the rule either consistently applied or how do we get rid of it and actually bring it up to date? Maybe that's more of the issue that's there. I don't know enough about it to judge. Well, something that you can judge, I think, is uh, whether you yourself have ever displayed righteous anger in public. And by righteous, I mean you were right. (laughs) Can you say that you've ever gotten really angry in public and thought, you know what, that was fair enough? Um, I asked my husband (laughs) last night, when when have I, you know, really lost my nana? And he just looked at me, he's gone, darling, you don't lose your nana. And I went, okay, good, yep, that's probably true. I don't. He said, you're more of that cool calculated type. I'm like, whoa, that's worse. That's worse. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I need to actually just lose it. And then he reminded me of the the, the time when my uh, two-year-old had uh, looked at me, tipped her breakfast on the floor and said, no more. And I picked up a plate and threw it across the room in front of the family. And that's probably about (laughs) as public as my outbursts get. But I did see one woman recently where a bloke pulled into a car park that she was waiting for. And she had justifiably been waiting for. Absolutely. Justifiably. She moved in. She parked her car directly behind him so he could not move. And she said, I'm going to go do my shopping now. And walked off. I just was like, yes. (laughs) I love that. Because I guess that is probably more the point. Like nobody ever, it's probably no one ever has the right to... um, be loud and aggressive to somebody else when they're angry. But um, one of the points that people were saying about Serena's response was that it was um, coming from a justifiable place and that she wasn't backing down. But how do you display that anger? How can well, it... That was pretty cool. That woman. Exactly. Wish she'd taken a photo. I think that's probably more impactful than going and yelling and screaming. This made much more of an impact and proved her point. I think that you're absolutely correct. And I think that the problem here is that because the situation escalated and she, you know, took a personal offence to what he was saying instead of maybe the application of the rule, you know, I mean, whenever you have a situation where there is an umpire adjudicating an event and you have a human being's opinion, it's going to be flawed. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the essence of it. So um, her, uh, is she justified in taking it that step further? I mean, again... Uh, I don't think anyone is justified at screaming at another person. I don't think anyone, male, female, doesn't matter. Uh, so maybe the question shouldn't be, is she justified in screaming at him? Maybe the question should be, should we eliminate that from sporting events and actually hold 
sportsmen who are paid millions and millions of dollars and all these kind of things to a higher code of ethics, you know, and be a kind of an inspiration to our children instead of, you know, promoting this bratty behaviour, which is... Golfers done it well. You don't hear them yelling at each other. (laughs) I don't think I've ever heard of a golfman throwing his club and breaking it. They do wear good pants and skirts, though, and that, so that might have something to do with it. Um, And Aaron, have you ever seen a similar display of anger that you thought was... I've seen them. I've participated (laughs) in them. Um, Yes, absolutely. And I'd love to sit on some very, very high horse and go... Well, you know, and I don't do those kind of things, but, you know, we're all human and we've all lost our temper and, and it's not a good thing. You know, road rage, um, all of these things, oh, road any, rage is any time that you lose control of your emotions and become aggressive towards another person, it, you know, it's... You know, it is ingrained in being a male, like, and, and it's excused in being a male. And, and that is a very, very sexist thing, but it's the truth. How, you know, I grew up in the 70s and that was just the thing. Is it right? Absolutely not. And, you know, women, you know, women should be allowed to be women. Men should be allowed to be men in the sense that we're both equal and we act accordingly. Um, the, the one thing that we shouldn't be allowed to do is be horrible and um, aggressive and racist and sexist and all of those things. That's what should be outlawed. Mm. That's it. It's interesting, isn't it, though, in that taking it away from whether Serena did the right or wrong thing in terms of whether it's acceptable. Um, you could even come down, and again, a big generalisation, but often parents disagree in the way they discipline their children. Absolutely. And often I hear men wanting a more, um, if they're a bit shouty or whatever, the justification is, well, they won't do it again and they won't, you know, they they need to be afraid of me because they've done the wrong thing and that was dangerous or whatever. And often women will have a different approach. I, again, that's a big generalisation. It is, but what you've touched on something that's important there and, and that is is that no matter what your family make up, there, you know, has to, parents, are, are parents, when they, uh, if there are two parents, and I'm not, I'm making a generalisation by saying there is, if there are two parents involved that, you know, they're, discipline and a, and a united front and all those things has to, you know, be consistent from mm-hmm. both of them, has to so um, be agreed upon and there has to be almost a, a tactic of dealing with situations. And, you know, I, I don't, we don't hit in our house and I don't yell, but I could make my voice kind of a little deeper and a little whatever. And, and, and my daughter, if she's not listening to her mum, I'll go, hey, do I have to come in there? Are we, we you know, what's going on? And, and pretty soon she'll just be doing what she's supposed to be doing. And, you know. I love that. Actually, I wouldn't be okay. I'd be okay with that kind of stereotype if it worked in my house. <laughs> well, it works in ours. So. If the kids weren't listening to me and I went, come on in but here, you know Daniel. What? If, if my wife was the person who was doing that, you know, it's it's not to me about male or female. It's, it's about, you know, your style of parenting matching with your partner's style of parenting. Working together. Yeah, that's it. You're listening to the Parent Panel. I'm Siobhan Hunt. My guests today are Sarah Hunstead, the founding director of CPR Kids, and Aaron Harvey, cook and author of A House Husband's Guide, Our Meal, Their Meal, up next when little girls have big opinions. She's a little girl taking one big stand. And I'm not someone who just obliges by the rules of older people just because they're older. Nine-year-old Harper Nilsson has made national headlines, refusing to stand and sing the Australian anthem at her school assembly. 
A Brisbane schoolgirl is trying to make a point by sitting down through the national anthem at her school. She's protesting that it's an anthem for white people, saying it's disrespectful to Indigenous Australians, and she has her parents' support. The school, however, has said that if she wants to protest, she needs to leave the assembly rather than sit down during the assembly. So they've given her a way out. Now, News Limited writer Fines Clinton says that the girl has been given an option to express her opinions in an appropriate way and that she should take it, that she's being a brat by not um, taking that option, by continuing to sort of push her point. Do you agree with the writer or is it okay for this little girl to continue her objection to the national anthem by sitting down? Sarah, what do you think? Oh, I have... Great opinions on this. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yes. So I, I too have huge issues with the same lines that this young lady has. So, you know, the fact young and free where we all know that we're not. Anyway, that's probably another kindling conversation. I'll stick to the topic right now. <laughs> Let me not talk about the second verse of the national anthem. Which most people don't even know. I know. Yeah. We've boundless planes to share. <laughs> Unless yeah. we're sending it to Nauru. Anyway, sorry, back to the topic. <laughs> so um, this young lady, what I respect about her is the fact that sometimes kids can get caught up in issues and they get an opinion that's formed by, you know, by things that they're hearing in the playground, things that they're hearing from the parents and they go, yes, we're going to do this and they can't articulate why. This young lady has perfectly articulated why she is taking this stand. The fact that she wants to sit down during the assembly shows that she is there and that she is present, but she is peacefully saying, I'm not doing this, and she's articulated exactly why. I think if we ask her to leave, then, you know, obviously that's what the school's doing, then, you know, I... Imagine if we said to all protesters against something, you can protest, but just make sure that we don't see you doing it and nobody ever sees you doing it. You know, it's the same thing. She's not harming anyone by sitting down and doing this. She's able to articulately articulately explain why the reasons behind it. And she's right. (laughs) But... You know, that's the, that's the whole thing. It's not just some whimsical thing that she's made up that's causing disruption to everyone else. She should be allowed to quietly protest as long as she can back it up, which she has. What do you think, Aaron? Um I, I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. It hit the nail right on the head. Um, the th- thing that makes me sad about this is that, you know, uh, once again, we, we seem to have the, a situation where uh, education or our education system seems to try and uh, bang a, uh, you know, uh, something round into something square, you know, um, fit the mould or, or that's it. Uh, you're exactly right. There is no point to protest if no one can hear, see or understand what you're doing. Were her opinions and actions formed by things that she's seen uh, overseas or listening to her parents, you know, obviously the American uh, sportsman's not setting up national, maybe. Uh, but the fact that she's formed an opinion, one which our politicians might want to look at forming and doing something about, um, I think it's fantastic. Um, is she disrupting anything? No, she's not doing it in the middle of a classroom and disrupting mm-hmm. other students from learning or anything like that. She's making a point, a very, very valid point, one that we should all be embarrassed about that we haven't done more about and haven't been sensitive about. 
Um, and, you know, she's saying, I don't want to fit in with everything else. I want to question things. I want to have my own mind. And isn't that the point of education in the first place, to have yes, a desire to learn? Um, so I think that maybe what it is is it should be a call to all of us to have a look at exactly how our kids are educated, what systems that we have in place, uh, that something like this would be turned against her instead of celebrating her. Mm, what a great point to end that on. Look, our final topic this week in just a moment, the white lies we tell our kids to make life easier. You must have told a few white lies in your life. It's not a lie if you believe it. That's a lie. I just had to tell a little white lie to get him out of something. It's only a white lie. Parenting can be challenging and sometimes a little white lie can make our lives so much easier. Aaron, Mm -hmm. have you told your daughter white lies? And if so, Constantly. (laughs) And and that uh, little soundbite from George Costanza is the most wonderful, wonderful description of of that particular thing ever. I love it. Um, Look, you know, there would be no Santa Claus. There would be no Tooth Fairy without a little white lie going on, you know, um... Bedtime would be a thousand times harder and all these things. It's parenting. It's what you do. It's, you know, the the wonderful thing about being a kid is having wonderment in your eyes, looking at the world and going, you know, you can see fairies in the grass and rainbows and unicorns. White lies perpetuate that. But I like that. But then, you know, some people commented on the babyology website, just one comment. Um, She tells her child that if you pick your nose, your hair will fall out. (laughs) And another says, tells her daughter that kidney beans are actually chocolate beans. I I kind of feel like Sarah has some incredible stories of the amount of injuries her children have had. I reckon you'd be a bit cheeky. I, I like Aaron's little white lies that are all fantastical and beautiful. But do you tell anyone's like that, Sarah? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Come on, share. We recent well, there are quite a few. It was the selecting which is my favourite to tell today. <laughs> but my favourite is recently we went on a trip around Australia and my two daughters were a little nervous about snorkelling on the Great Barrier Reef. And we, you know, we, we were going snorkelling while we were there. There's no two ways about that. So we're on the beautiful Heron Island and you can see in the water... Uh, reef sharks, they're fine. My two daughters have looked at me and said, Mm-mm, we're not going in the water. There are sharks everywhere. I went, oh, they're reef sharks, darlings. They're vegans. <laughs> Both of them looked at me and gone, really? I'm like, yeah, they're fine. They're vegan sharks. They're like, oh, sweet. Okay. <laughs> yep. Masks Off on. Off we go. Yeah. And then at one stage, I remember putting my head under the water and there's my eight-year-old daughter swimming about one meter away from a reef shark that's bigger than her. I'm like, oh, was that a mistake? <laughs> um, there's no fear now. Anyway, reef sharks, vegans, just oh, in case you didn't I know. I like that. Yeah, you know, I um, I blame my father for an inability to tell those kinds of white lies. I, I'm shocking. And as soon as my children realise how bad I am, I am in deep trouble. <laughs> Anyone asks me a direct question, I have to answer, honestly, even my children. Even if they, I mean... God help me if they ask me some stuff about the what things you were talking about. But, <laughs> you know, if they ask me something like, do we have lollies in the cupboard, mum? I'm like, oh, damn it. That's my kryptonite. Yes, we do. <laughs> Can we have one? No, you can't. But they're in the cupboard. No, 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 no. Yes, they are. Damn. <laughs> So I need to hang around you a bit more, Sarah. Oh, no. I, I, you see, I have the problem the same as you when it comes to anything medical or bodily functions, oh, anything like yes. that. It is straight up as it is. Oh, your poor children. Oh, yes. I've done multiple interviews with Sarah about health things before. I've walked out of the studio thinking I need 
some hard liquor to deal with the information she's given me. <laughs> no holds barred. Everything comes out. Well, guys, it has been such a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for coming in. Oh, thank you for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. We really appreciate it. That was Sarah Hunstead, founding director of CPR Kids, and Aaron Harvey, cook and author of A House Husband's Guide, Our Meal, Their Meal. You've been listening to The Parent Panel, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review and share it with your friends. The Parent Panel, new episodes every Friday.